Hey, yo, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Where is Joe Amato? Where is Tyler T-Rex Baker? And where, oh, where, Nathan Kennedy? Those punks can't even get in the building. Fans of you know what, James? Oh. If they're not with us, they're against us. You're damn right. You want to go to war? You want a war? You swear your allegiance to the FOP? Then we're good. Come out and play, boys. I have to. I, I didn't. I didn't do the camera thing. I got my shirt on. I promise. Please, please don't don't hurt us. But by the way, we've been here the whole time, James. <laughs> while you've been cutting your promo. Oh, well, I can stop doing the offensive voice now and uh, get back to using my key. To uh, so the yes, we'll have to join you. There's a new <laughs> faction in town here, people. We have we have brought over others to support our cause and uh, just enjoy pissing off the community to no end. <laughs> just, right there, right there. Look at that, because smoking is cool. Yeah, bring it a bit. Is that the oh, first time we've had smoking on a He-Man podcast? It might be, huh? <laughs> Danielle, such a rebel. I don't, I don't think anybody I in the NWO... The glasses off because I actually can't see much without them. So uh, <laughs> you, you, you're, you're, you're killing the machismo there, James. Oh, <laughs> then. He's like, I can't see. Where, where are my contact lenses? <laughs> God damn it! Where, where is everybody? Hey, this is a nice T-shirt, Joe. Oh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Look good. They look good on you guys. Mine was a lot looser, and uh, we've entered lockdown too over here, so um, it's slightly getting a bit tighter around the, um, just below the FOP. Uh, An extra 20? Another 20 pounds, James? Is that what you got on you? <laughs> yeah, can you get me XXX large? Or it's just like a moo-moo? That would do you fine. Oh, shoot. So, Nathan, what's up? We're all live. Everything's all good and streaming, right? I, as, as far as I'm concerned, and I want to stress this, early on in the stream that i apologize it's it's a skype thing it's not it's not me that if someone's audio is out of sync and their lips are not matching what they're saying it's just uh you get this many people in here that's what's gonna happen there there we go <laughs> james all the time and, over his and joe i think you freaked some people out in the chat for a second when you pulled your mask off because they were probably like oh my god it's happening <laughs> they thought the mask actually came out like, oh shit and now there you go. Had to represent the new mask for this special episode. Very cool. I like it. Thank you. Looks I gotta find the chat now. Hey, I gotta still click. Um, yeah, because I need to have the screen up for in the chat room to see who is even here right now. But hey, well now I see some people. Let me say a little people before we get started though, and then we can do our ramblings. But we got DJ Tags, JSP, Zentron, Daniel Carhoonan, Grimbot is here. Of course. Uh, Rick, yeah, Rick Poe. Uh, uh, Michael, Pur I think I said Michael Purvis, and Fedmon, and Descendants of Grayskull, and Aaron Voorhees just hit us. So again, thank you all for joining us. And this is an earlier time because we have James. He's across the world, a whole different time zone. So we didn't want to have him like at what three in the morning? Is that what it would have been or something? Uh, if it was our yeah. 
but that's i mean it's not always the worst problem it's like i i am quite the night owl but at 3 a.m i probably will be functioning at like 50 percent as opposed to you know my usual 60 <laughs> percent so we'll see we we didn't want to cut into the drinking time for james either because that, that's like prime drinking hours <laughs> see if we the longer this goes i i, I can't promise you that like why? James will get us kicked off of YouTube. We'll start taking his clothes off or something. I don't. Well, know. I, I nearly flipped the bird, and then I thought, if I if I do that, you know, does um, is that like a weird YouTube flag algorithm thing where it's like someone had one finger on shows? Like, oh man. I think so it's I more of a Twitch thing if you start showing skin. YouTube might be okay. Oh, so if I was like, oh hi, oh man, you know. look at that, look at that. Mm. And James is rug alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine I was getting booted for that. Wouldn't it be crazy? Just boom, we get popped right off just for that. Yeah, they'll say, we definitely saw cleavage. I'm like, easy. Let's <laughs> <laughs> shoot. Well, I was going to say, before we get into we have a lot of different random topics, but I have one that I want to shoot since, well, we're kind of doing an outsider's thing here, and I do want to hit James and Danielle with this. Here's something to you. And either you can go first, but let's say you were chosen to come in to Mattel, take over <laughs> as an outsider, take over for the new Origins line we're doing right now, and the comics. My question to you is, not changing the scale, but if there's anything else, details, whether it's articulation, whether it's the lineup, different characters, what would either of you do for the Origins line when it comes to a different lineup, changing up the figures or something else to it? And if you were to write mini-comics, what would you like to see done with mini comics for this Origins line? So either you can start, but I'd like to hear your opinions. Please go. First. James is gonna have a heart attack, so we might have to go to Daniel first because James looks like he's ready to pass out right there. Um. Well, if I were gonna come in to Mattel and, and take over that line, um, I mean, I would a cancel the line. And then B, bring back the vintage line and classics. So that's what basically what I'm <laughs> Not that's a fan it. of the origins, huh, Danielle? I would, um, I would def one thing I would definitely do is uh, with the mini comics, like the, the current mini comics they have are so short. And they're so, it, it's almost uh, insulting that they remove the the dialogue from the mini comics for European release because it's like they won't even hire a, a translator to, to translate the existing story so people can read it. it's just like a, a blank word balloon it's like wow you can't your big fortune 500 company can't pay a translator to translate the, the comics into other, other languages I would also add um, you know, add more pages and tell like a kind of a more substantial story there because it's just there's barely any story in those because they're so short, right? So I would, you know, look to the vintage mini comics where you had like stories um, where, uh, you know, uh, an adventure story, like a short like hero's journey kind of thing or, or a clash of arms where you, you have to fight the different warriors and have something that's a little more substantial. Um, Origins has really good, um, the, the box art is really good, the Axel and Nate are doing, like the Castle Grayskull box art are doing. Um, but what they need to do, uh, I would bring in like actual sculptors, like the Four Horsemen, who everybody loves the Four Horsemen. They're like synonymous with Masters of the Universe. Instead of designing these figures on a computer, which it looks like that's what they're doing, bring in like, uh, that's part of the spirit, right, of the vintage line. 
in 2000X where they reimagined these, um, these amazing characters. Uh, and, and the vintage line, you had these artists and designers and sculptors bring in like people to, that have a passion for, for fantasy and sword and sorcery and all of that kind of speculative fiction like Mark Taylor did. You know, he, he loved that stuff, you know. So those kinds of people to, to really hand sculpt the stuff. And then, like, for the character selection, I would bring in, like, don't just do, like, all the famous characters. Throw in, like, a, a strong arm or throw in a shadow weaver or something that's kind of, like, we, we we didn't get in the vintage line. That kind of Because kids, these are for kids. I mean, kids don't know the difference between Zodak and, and, and Icer, okay? So if you put, mix in a couple of characters like that into a wave... I think that would be more exciting. Um, but yeah, I think bringing in like artists to kind of hand sculpt stuff. And uh, I think there's a, there's a, a spirit to that. That's kind of lacking from the new ones. Do you think there's like a little bit of heart and love and passion from, I guess, you know, being just a master universe fan. And that's why maybe just something is slightly off with this new line with, and especially maybe when it comes to heads or some of the designs, just maybe like you said, the four horsemen have the love, the knowledge, but go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, now, now I got to say, now that um, I have, I, I did, you know, all the hype people saying, you know, there must be something wrong with you if you don't like these figures. So I got one in hand. And now that I have one in my hand here, I have to say, this looks like a baby toy. It looks <laughs> like something that was made for a little baby. What, you want me to go buy a teething ring too? Or Fisher Price? Little people, you want to see my review of an Origins figure? Absolutely. Happy to oblige. Can you see my beautiful device right here? Hey, when in Rome, right? Isn't that what they say? Well, hey, Skeletor, there you go. There goes Skeletor. Oh, wait, I would never do that to an Origins figure. Oh, I'm master of the unit. I would never bar, do man. that. No, never, never, not without marinating it first. <laughs> first, if you're going to really review an origin figure, you got to marinate it first, you know? <laughs> That's the oh. part of reviewing an origin. Don't you think so? Don't you agree, Joe? I, think I, I agree. That's very <laughs> essential part. Sammy, that Piscalator! wants to look like the vintage line, and it wants to have the articulation of the classics line, but it's so much less than the sum of its parts, but now there are plenty of parts, little, little parts, right in here in my special review device. And there is my summary of the Origins line. Heck yeah, that's the best review. Yeah. Best review I've ever seen. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, can you follow up that? He's like, I'm done. Oh, my God. James, your thoughts? I've, I've got no, I can't follow that. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most amazing uh, bit of a. Uh, 
Uh, the most theater I'd ever seen. That was fantastic. And I loved your reviewing device, the blender. That was... Um... Evil Lynn don't have shit on her, man. Well. Oh I, I love how the figure, like, when you pop the top off and hit it, it just spun out and just landed the way it did. That was perfect. Which, by the way... Uh, little, little shards of plastic everywhere. Oh, that's so What's his head look like? Oh, his head yeah. the... oh, look at that. There we go. Skeletor. There, you thought Skeletor's face. Oh, I, I think love this it. is an improvement. So you, an improvement there, you, want, you want your meow expression? Because that's what that is. is the, the, that's why they did that shit. The meow. Yeah, that's what I think of your meow. Daniel, you oh, please yeah. send it to oh, me. So I'm gonna really, it for I'm you. Sit back and just shut up the whole time. That's gonna be piss blendered Skeletor. I'm gonna card him for you, and he's gonna be mint on card piss blendered Skeletor. For you. Send <laughs> do it. Send him. Got it. Okay. Oh my God, that's the best review I've ever seen. And yeah, James, I don't. I'm not quite sure how to follow up. I don't even know how to finish the show with that. That's say, you just end it there. That was the, that, the end <laughs> on a day. Well, good night, everybody. <laughs> 15 minute oh long God. episode. Amazing. Um, <clears throat> my thoughts on the Origins line, um, I've got nothing as controversial as, uh, as that. Well, take a shit on it, Fig. No, no, as a side, my controversial opinion is apparently that I don't collect them and I'm not really fussed. Apparently, that's controversial enough for certain fans who are like, why are you not collecting it? It's like, because I don't want to. It's like, but why? And it's like, because I don't want to. I don't think they're great. I, I, I you know, I, I, I think the one thing that, that, and I'm sure I'll take crap for this, the one thing that I cannot believe I've seen a few people say, and it's not majority, obviously it's a few, who said that Origins is better than Classics. I'm Holy like, shit! Yeah, no, from a, sculpting, ah. from a sculpting point, I don't even get that at all, because, you know, Origins is, and I don't even think Mattel would say that. I think you'd probably say Mattel would go, no, these are very simplified versions. These are Classics, where it's all, you know, heavily detailed. And... Um, yeah, I, I don't quite get the the appeal of the Origins toilet. Like when this is the thing, you know, Joe. Sorry, you, I'm deviating from your question. Go, go. I don't care. Go on. But um, I think when that toy line was first revealed, or I, I don't even think it was called Origins, when they did the San Diego Comic Con two pack, and it was He Man and Prince Adam, and I saw that and I thought, oh, this looks good. I didn't think the figures were great. But I thought. Oh, I like this. Maybe they're going to go down the whole Alcala DC mini comics direction. This seems great. And then I think it was a few months later at PowerCon last year, we saw the figures in the glass booth. And I was like, but they just look like the vintage ones, only more articulation and kind of a bit simpler. It just seemed a bit weird. And then it was, and then it's like, here's the next wave. And it's, where's the direct, I don't understand the direction of this uh, toy line. That's, I think that's the problem I have. It's, it seems to be weirdly unfocused and, unless I'm wrong, weirdly rushed as well. Like they're really, is wave one and two and three? And it's like, well, you know, maybe give people a chance to read. And I'm sorry if I hear one more person say, oh, I, the kids are buying this. No, they're not. Go yeah. on. I've, I've, I've seen it on Instagram, across social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Adults, of course, are buying these toy lines en masse. Like I, I saw one guy, and don't get me wrong, it was a great photo opportunity. He had um, three Manny Faces figures so he could display each of the heads. And it's like, it was, don't get me wrong, it was a really cool phone. It's like, if you want to do that, great. But Mattel will see that and go, ah, oh, the figures are selling really well. And it's like, no, adult collectors are still collecting them. You know, it's, I, I, without, I, dare I say, without a cartoon, without that um, stuff behind it, 
um, I don't think this toy line is going to appeal to kids because these days kids are glued to their iPhones and TVs and stuff like that. You need to you need to go, hey, we're over here, not oh, walking down a toy, toy aisle. Maybe, don't get me wrong, I'm sure that does work for some kids. They'll go, what are these? And all the, But let's be honest, it's a majority of parents going, oh, I got these when I was a kid, they're great. And I um, and I've seen on like Instagram a lot, and I'm I'm. It's nice to see in a way, but parents buying them for the kids. But let's be honest, the kid will get that toy and go, "Oh, cool! This is um, oh, and there's a comic oh, which is over in one page. Um, what do I do with it now?" Whereas you know, don't get me wrong, we had that with the original vintage toys. Of course, we had you know a year where it was just the toys, and then the cartoon came out and all the supporting merchandise. But I just find it's it seems. The best way to put it is, and like I'm no expert, I'm sure Origins is making Mattel lots of money, and Mattel know exactly what they're doing. But I look at it, and I don't quite get the logic behind the the launch of this line, or not even the launch, just the way it's being put out. There, there doesn't, there seems to be a lack of focus in terms of which characters we're choosing. There seems to be a lack of focus in design. Like for me, Trapjaw looks a far more detailed figure. The Man at Arms, who looks really simplified. That Man at Arms figure is like day glow Man at Arms. It's like this looks really weird. So I don't know what what I would change about the line is a lot. The one thing, the, the only, the, I guess the saving grace of the toilet is, well, at least fans are happy. Well, at least certain fans are happy. It's like good. You're getting your you're getting your He Man fix, but don't come around and turn to me and go. Uh, which I've had already. Oh, you're not a true fan because you're not collecting. It's like, motherfucker, I'm, I've, I've worked in this brand for 20 years. You're going to tell me I'm not a true fan. I've, I've, I've loved this thing since 1983. Um, so much of what you see on the internet, to a degree, is, is stuff that I've helped be a part of. You know, we've all kind of... The community is almost more responsible than Mattel for keeping... Well, it is keeping this brand alive. You know, I, I think what, what we'll see is... Two, three years from now, and maybe quote me on this, two years from now, Origins will be gone and Mattel will go, who wants the license again? Oh, no, sorry. I shouldn't say that because by that point, the live action movie will be out and everybody will be going to the yeah. cinema mass and being like, coronavirus is over. Let's all go and watch the Master of the Universe movie that has been 500 years in the making. And it's, no, we won't. There's that movie. The movie's never going to happen. Um, the, the one thing I am looking forward to that's it. It's because it's like, that's the one thing I've got hope, um, some sort of hope for, of like, I don't, because we know that's going to be aimed at us. Whereas the thing that scares me are the little bits and pieces and rumours I've heard about the um, the other show, which yeah. <clears throat> which apparently may, uh, if you think like there's wars in the community now, I think the, the CGI kiddie show is going to, there's going to be bloodshed. <laughs> not, not a cool uh, FOP way either. You know, it's going to be bloodshed, like literal taking to the streets and uh, it's going to be horrific scenes. But yeah, so, sorry to waffle, but I just I just find Origins, it's not where I thought the toy line would be going after classics. After classics, I thought, man. And it's the, the, thing, the, the one thing that makes me sad, and this is, this is like complete fanboy, Ooh, I'm sad about this, is that when I go on Instagram, so many people are going into Walmart and discovering these and thinking that these are the first new He-Man toys since the 80s. Because with this toy line, Mattel gave a shit. Whereas with classics, they really didn't. And, and don't get me wrong, like I've said that before, classics was for the adults. And whether you like him or dislike him, Scott Knightley did a lot to keep that brand alive for so long. Like, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was that, that, that classics line was a blip on Mattel's radar. 
So they didn't have to do anything with that. And obviously Scott pushed it and, you know, uh, everybody that worked on that line, the Four Horsemen, everybody did a great job. But, you know, you look on Instagram, people are like, oh, my God, like new He-Man figures. And it's like, oh, man, you know, we've, we've had new He-Man figures since 2008 and they were bloody amazing. Like, I didn't collect all of the classics, but... My God, I'm sorry. Those figures were just so good. And the, the beauty of, of classics was it was such a versatile line. They could just do anything and incorporate it. And you'd be like, yeah, great. Okay. You know, there's a few questionable choices. Yeah. But on the whole, I thought classics were, was or is the best He-Man toy line ever. Better than the vintage, better than Origins, better than 2002, better than New Adventures. That's not exactly a challenge. But um, the uh, classics I just thought was fantastic. I... Uh, yeah, and I, I just don't understand Origins. Origins to me is is a devolution in the brand, um, and that's not that's no yeah, disrespect yeah. to those working. It on just, it. And it, it, yeah, it, I mean, it's just if you, I I agree with you. I mean, it's well, we've talked about this before, where it's almost like a, a friend online posted it's like spreadsheet design at its worst, um, because and that's kind of what it feels like because it looks like it was just done on a computer and then 3D printed out and then mass produced and put uh, at Walmart, uh, the, the evil empire. <laughs> like, let's let's put it, only, I guess it's gonna go to other stores uh, first, but it just feels very corporate to me. I think Sean Scavarna was saying on the Legends of Racefall podcast that it feels very corporate. And I don't know if granted Mattel's a big corporation and we're coming off classics, which was very much like it almost felt it, it, it was like an anomaly that it even existed within Mattel, as you, as you pointed out, like it's a blip on Mattel's radar. So but it felt very much like for the fans directly, you know, and which it was, it was that direct to, to consumers. So this is back to retail again. But even so, when you had the 2000 X line, it was also come came back to retail. And but there was a there was more of a. I think because the four horsemen were involved with it, there was a creative spark to it. And it was very exciting because it was the first time Masters of the Universe was coming back. In fact, the questionable things in 2000X were all Mattel's choices, like doing all the stupid variants and and changing the colors of armors from uh. the, what the four horsemen intended in their two-ups. Um, now this, with Origins, it just feels like, okay, let's just, we're going to spit this out and see yeah. what happens yeah. just to, just to, you know, put mass produce it, put it out, see what happens. And hey, if it brings more attention to Masters of the Universe, so be it. You know, if yeah. kids get into it, so be it. I'm not like, you know, um, but I just I just feel it lacks that, you know, the the it's, it's the thing creativity. I, th I think I said it to you recently. The um the two thousand and two cartoon was fantastic, but it lacked heart. Formation had heart. Yeah, yes. The vintage line, the vintage line, the the classics line had heart. Yeah. The current Origins toy line is by committee. You know, it's yeah. just here we go. Here's a figure. Blop, uh, blop, 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 blop. Here's a figure. Uh, let's send it out. What about the head sculpt? Meh. You know, meh. Oh, of course, we got to get that in there now as well. Um, yeah, it's it, it's just I, I I am like I said. The one thing I'm happy about is that people have something. Um, and they're happy about it. Great. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying, oh, drink the Kool-Aid and all that, but they're like, oh, my God. And there are people that genuinely love these toys. Great. You know, fantastic. Good for you. But because I don't care for them, that doesn't make me any less of a fan. It doesn't make it doesn't make those who dislike this any less of a fan. It Maybe it means they've got different priorities in life these days, or maybe they just don't like it. 
it's simple as that, you know. Um, I will say, I also think- both, both you all have said, you know, <clears throat> in, in various forms, that you all have been called out for being uh, <laughs> lacking in fandom because you're not supporting this bullshit. And, you know, there's no, it's, it's cool for anybody to buy any product of, of matching. I don't care what kind of pop bullshit or, or lame attire you might find at your current hot topic or something. <laughs> Those puppies are sick t-shirts at your local fucked up Walmart. That's your favorite you know? shirt, by the way. Yes, you, you were wearing it last week in that picture that I had for the static <laughs> image. It's your favorite. That, that Nathan uploaded such a wonderful, you know, I mean, that's the best I've ever looked, ever, period. But I would never go, I mean, it makes me mad to see that kind of stupid bullshit and that people feel like, but you know what? That doesn't make them any less a fan, and I would never say that they're not a fan because they bought that shit. But for people to come out and call you two out, either privately or on social media in some form or another. I just feel like, I hope they're listening to this podcast and will say, fuck all of you all <laughs> for going after either one of these two or anyone else in this community that has been working on this line in some form or another has, has done nothing but constant posts, you know, letting people know information about this and images of that, that most of us never knew. And you want to come after any of them and say, they're not a new, true fan because they're not buying this you know, horse shit. At your local retailer, like if you like it, great. But all y'all can go to hell. I'll gladly carry you along to get there a little bit quicker. If you ever go after either one of these two or anyone else that's been on this podcast again for any of this stupid shit, love it. And brave guys are just you know got you know a hog has more brains in its ass than you guys do in your head for coming out. <laughs> these two. Both I, of you I mean, like that y'all have brains of an ice cube. I think it's that. Um... I think it's that uh, just modern thing, though, isn't it? It's like, hang on a second, you don't agree with something, um, therefore you're wrong, or it's fake news, yeah. or whatever you call it. But it's like, you know, I, I love those that just think, oh, you're just the, you know, you're the filmation guy. So yeah, I'm primarily the filmation guy, but um, look, motherfucker, damn right. I've got four be. pages of Alcala artwork on my wall. Oops, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> that's the thing, it's, it's that thing. I, I just don't understand that mindset of, of just putting people in boxes. It's like, oh, you don't like Origins, therefore you're you're a bad person. It's like, no, not exactly. But I, I just, um, yeah, I just, it's like we're, right we're not going to just go on, Daniel. Um, so I, you stopped. I thought you you, you paused. Um, it's just because just because a, a company puts something in a master universe package doesn't mean we have to buy every single you know, thing that, that they put out, you know, it's like, it, just because it has that logo on it, I don't have to, to own that. Um, I mean, I, I liked the classics collection. So, so I, I collected those, uh, these figures out, like, why am I going to go buy them? And it's like, I'm a traitor to the fandom because I'm not <laughs> buying the, the, or to the brand. It's like, come on, ridiculous. Yeah, I, like, I think like, in terms of positives, let me just for a second positives. Like, uh, like I say, glad that people were liking them. Um, I like Axel's pencils. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll second that one. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like, um, I I don't understand that. You know, I don't understand the mindset behind muting his pencils with. Yeah, but who am I? Like, I'm not working. No, 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 no. I, I need that. That point needs to be emphasized. Because I could not have been more happier to see him working on him as much as he has, but they have just picked the wrong guy that just doesn't help. I mean, in, in, like embrace his beautiful. Or if not, just make it nothing but black, just pencils. I'd rather that be on the back of the package. Yeah. 
if you if you're not if you, I mean because you can't tell how crisp and sharp and edgy his overhead yeah. is muted like that. Yeah, I mean the um, what was the other thing I was going to say about the uh, the packaging like that that Castle Grayskull packaging that artwork to me that was better than uh, Ruby Abrero's um, classic <coughs> Castle Grayskull. I loved that Origins. Uh, was it Origins? Yeah, Origins. Yeah. It's it because it was Nate and it was Axel and Nate as opposed yeah. to this other. Because, because Nate is a talented, really super talented artist. Like, what, what can Nate do? Yeah. It's things like wigging out on me. Like, yeah. It's like, uh, uh, yeah. This is crazy. Sorry, guys. Sorry to all our viewers watching this at home. It's just going to. I don't know why it's doing that all of a sudden. It like comes and goes. Well, we warned yeah. them it was going to happen. <laughs> there we, there we go. It might. Too much passionate fan power to yeah. make the podcast explode. That's the thing, like Danielle and James. See, when you're talking about the new Origins line, like I said, I collect them. There's ones I enjoy. There's, of course, I said I was critical of a couple of those heads, as you've seen what I talked about and things I thought could make things better. But you know, when I heard the name Origins at first, I was like, okay, what's this going to mean then? Like, will each you know, person have their own mini comic with an origin. Well, obviously, we found out that's not it because each wave gets one really crappy six-page mini comic, and it's supposedly supposed to build a story. But this is what I mean: it's it's the same things what you guys were saying with like how the heads. Maybe they're just all three D printed. There's just I'm getting the same thing in the mini comics. Meaning, if that supposed to actually represent Mia, and if we have seen in every mini comic him saying Mia. They just don't get it. I can't I stress that. That's, that's what I mean. It's like you guys are taking a stupid internet meme that, you know, caught fire when the internet first started coming around. But that never happened. He never said this in the cartoon or any of the vintage stories. So why are you going with this stupid asinine thing that's mocking Skeletor and Masters as a joke? That's what I mean. So now you're writing it. It shows you don't get it. So obviously there's no Go ahead. Isn't it when I think what it came from is when Skeletor goes eh, like when he's frustrated yeah, in the cartoon, right? When no, Alan, no, no, that's I think that's what, and then but, they true. Miss. But you know what's funny? It's even if that is the thing where he's supposed to like scream, which it's still not me. It's like just oh, any yeah, any yeah. fucking evil guy has done it. But here's the thing, though: they're writing it now to where it's like he man, yeah, like <laughs> like. You know, an expression. Yeah. So they're not getting the gist of it. So like you guys are fucking up the context of it. That's what pisses me off. And I'm going to pass it to James because I can tell he wants to say something about that. No, no, I was, I was, I was just agreeing with you guys. Like the whole thing, um, like if you said name, because that's the thing people have said to me. I've had that discussion with a few people. And they're like, oh, he said that in the cartoon. I was like, tell me an episode. Oh, no, he said it. And I said, disappearing act. He raises his stuff and goes, and then there's um, in in um, in Greatest Show on Eternity, he's on the back of a rocket, ridiculous visual, but and he goes, yeah, and then the other one is um, uh, in The Good Show Survive when he does that weird pratfall when he goes, he, get, he makes the noise like, and he just falls backwards, but there's there's no time when Skeletor goes, meow, or and like right. people associate with that, and it's like, no, that has got nothing to do with it, but it's. It's amazing. It's like an expressive grunt. You know, that's what it's James. Like anybody can do. Any villain can do that. Any person, any hero can go. Argh! It's not an actual phrase, but they're making Hordak snorts after almost everything or have after Shadowy where she goes, oh, it's yeah. like they're now inputting it. He has to go, he man, meow, I'm going to get you. Meow. It's like, you just fucked it all up. That's what's yeah. irritating about. It's like eliminate that. And that even, I think, made it onto the new uh, Princess Power, the new She-Ra uh, 
open set that Axel did in the art, I think one of the panels, you see Skeletor saying it again. I was like, you guys are putting this in every fucking story. Stop it. It's in the DC comics, too. It made it to yeah. that. Yeah. Well, it's like, quit. Joe, Joe, I didn't want to. I didn't. I wanted to wait until maybe next week to tell you this, because uh, Ryan kind of hit it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to change the name of the podcast to Fans of Meow, just just for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate that. That'd, that'd be fantastic. We'll be here for that. We have to find a replacement. <laughs> <laughs> We're going up past I the will, any you guys. Have, yeah. I will say this. I want to put a positive note. I feel like I've been like very negative. David Clark uh, accident. He mistakenly sent me a uh, scare glow in the mail because I asked him to send me uh, an Orco because I collect Orco figures. So That's I have a good like all. David's a great guy. Yeah. He is really nice. And he, he sent me um, a scare glow in the mail. He, I, I guess he thought I wanted scare glow, although I think he was secretly trying to get me hooked on, on the Origins. Um, but um, it, the scare glow is, not, is actually pretty cool. Like I didn't take it out of the package, but it looks, it looks all right. I mean, it's, I don't I like it as much as the vintage of the plastic one. Yeah. yeah. Or he's a. a, a we were talking about Oracle the other day, James and I. It was a little like did you say like a little stretched out in terms of like the model sheet for for Oracle, but he looks better than the vintage one for sure. You know, yeah, the vintage Oracle. Kind of, yeah. Did he also send you that Skeletor that you put in the blender with piss? No. He's like, could you picture that? Like, Danielle, here, I want to send you this. That would be awesome. Like, Danielle, I'm going to Skeletor. He's like, thanks a lot. Now I'm going to put him in the fucking blender. <laughs> I would have to be a real, real bitch. Oh, that'd be amazing. Thanks, David. <laughs> oh, David. And I, I should thank David Clark as well because he actually messaged me a couple days ago. He's going to send me a scare glow because that's pretty much the one I actually really, really wanted because there's no way I'm going to pay eBay prices for a vintage one unless someone wants to offer me one at a decent price. I'm not spending $300 on a vintage scare glow. Sorry. And one other question before we get into one of the other topics I got to ask to both of you, because I don't know if you've seen it. And I think it was Grimbot who actually sent me some pictures. I think in that uh, Princess of Power figure, the one that opens up with the story that I think Axel showed, I think they showed a Light Hope. And I was like, what Light Hope is this supposed to be? Because it was like light, but I thought there was a face in it or it was represented as a person. But I was like, even in the Princess of Power vintage mini comic when he was shown, he was still a source of light. So... I don't get it because I'm like, what are they pulling this cannon? Because it looks like they're ignoring or filmation or at least spitting on filmation. I don't feel like filmation is getting a lot of representation, at least canon wise, because even stuff is confusing. Like the one that I ripped up last week with Orko, like now the Corridite, it's no longer something that the widgets mine or protect. It's just in Castle Grayskull. So I'm what? just confused. But did you... Yeah, yeah, that's how I the Corridite is now. Shit. Yeah, that's why I ripped it up last week, too. <laughs> But so that's what I mean. Do you guys know this light hope origin or source or what that is? Because I was lost if you've seen it. No, I've, I've, yeah. I haven't even seen it. I love it how they're so dismissive. Like, I don't give a shit. You know, I, 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 I just need more of that. That's what I want to hear more of. We need a straight cap of that. As James did this, you seen Danielle just holding a cigarette like, fuck this. What the fuck's he talking about? <laughs> We're going to screen cap that for the motion of the episode. Oh, shit. I'll pass it to you, Nathan, because I know you've been pretty I, quiet. Oh, go ahead, Danielle. I'd love to see an official, an official filmation comic that's written by James Etock. That's what oh, I want oh. to see. With, with, where he has full creative control on on the comic because masters if masters of the universe 85 is any indication 
James is the one for the job. He should absolutely be be doing this this filmation uh, this, comic. This is not me being humble because, as you know, I'm a very humble guy. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I um this sorry that's a, a bit of a private joke between Danielle and I. Um, <laughs> but the um the the writing a Master Universe comic. It's not rocket science. All you have to do is understand the characters. Yeah, like yeah. obviously there are things like rules and grammar and stuff like that. Or you know, you, you want to, but anybody can do it. Um, obviously, I can do it. I've, I've got like a you know Adam Moore and Andrew Kramer on board and everything. And um, when I want to do other things like Return of Fake, you got Dusan. But anybody who knows the brand, who knows these characters, can write them because they've been so incredibly well fleshed out since the eighties. So it boggles the mind when you see these modern interpretations of the characters and it's like uh what you know and i'm not that's not me digging on um, having a go at the the shira netflix show because that was its own thing and from what i understand they did a lot of <laughs> no but hang on hang on but from, in that show they did a lot of about that show. No, 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 no. But, but let, me, let me finish. My point is, they did a lot of character, regardless of what our opinions are of that show, they did a lot of heavy lifting and character work in that show. So that's there. What I'm saying is, with the Master Universe brand, all everything like Origins and uh, not really classics, didn't really have much of a canon, but like the DC comics and stuff, this all comes from the vintage, what has been established in the vintage. And obviously, they pick and choose. And it just boggles the mind how they can, they seem to get Skeletor wrong so many times and it's like yeah. it's it, he's I, I know it sounds terrible he is if you the, the i think the biggest problem i have with the whole thing the apologies for those that love this but it's it's keldor keldor toe, uh, head to toe oh. is is probably one of the worst offenders because all it did and especially when they do the whole oh he's king randall's brother it just it makes him go from being this ethereal evil demon from another dimension to yeah, he's just a bloke who got some acid on his face. That, to me, you you just completely... I understand that people like Origins, I, I, not the toy line. I mean, uh, character Origins. Like, I want to know where this character came from, what their motivations are, this, that, and the other. I always loved the fact that Skeletor was just an evil bastard from another dimension. He's like, do you know what? I'm going to attack this planet. I want to conquer Castle Grayskull because I want the power of Grayskull, or I want the Royal Palace throne. It's 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 very black and white. It's, it's very easy to understand his character. So writing him, you just write. For me, I always go via the DC mini comics, the, those seven DC mini comics from 1983 or whatever it was, 82, 83. Yeah. Um, the, who wrote those? Was it Gary Cohen? Uh, uh, yeah, it was Gary, Gary Cohen and um, Mark, Mark Texer. Texer. Yeah, those, those mini comics to me define Skeletor and... We know for a fact that, uh, and, and the um, the DC mini comic series that followed, oh no, sorry, that, that was a precursor to that. Those define those characters because when Filmation started writing the He-Man uh, He-Man series, they were reading those, which is obviously obviously Skeletor evolved, <laughs> as you want to call it, into a more comedic villain. But if you want to write a good Skeletor, all you do is just go back to like the Dragon Invasion or Diamond Ray of Disappearance or Evil Evil's plot. Yeah, you just go to those episodes and you just hear that voice um, and he's not going, yeah, or nah, 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 or any of that bullshit. It's just he's delivering dialogue in that voice. And when done right, that voice was fucking killer because it was obviously Alan Oppenheimer doing his Ming the Merciless voice from Flash Gordon. But, um, yeah, I just, <laughs> I, I'm so, I'm just always amazed when um, 
yeah, it just goes on to this thing where it's like, what, how is Skeletor like this? You know, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, uh, what, what do I know? Like, but yeah, all I know is when I was doing Marcy vs. 85, which we'll come back at some point, when we were doing that, there was like, and of course, it's always one of these things, probably like two people hated it, but without reading a single page, you know, and it wasn't the artwork, it wasn't it, it's because I was working on it. Oh, God forbid. Um, so yeah, I was, it was, it was one I said, I just, I don't understand. It's like, I'm not writing War and Peace here. And that's not me, you know, going, oh, stop it. It's just, you just write Skeletal. You just write He-Man. You just tell a story. But what what people, what we keep getting is, right, this story is going to be the end of the world story. This story is going to be all the different multiverses. It's like, can we just have a fucking He-Man story? <laughs> From yeah. A to that's B. The thing is, why, why does it have to be like a, a huge arcs that spread over, like, you know, they do these, like, you yes. know, massive uh, events. It's like just do like some like straight up adventure stories that are that are fun to read. You know, it's, it's oh my god, I've got to write a He-Man comic, right? So I'm going to kill the sorceress. Merman's going to be, <laughs> on, and it's like just tell a fucking story. You, I can't go on, but yeah, it's just it, it boggles oh, the brain. But yeah, and I and I'm a massive dick for saying it because obviously I know certain people that work on these comics, but I just don't understand that desire to constantly say this is going to be the biggest story ever. It's like just tell stories, and like in fairness, those mini comics that come with Origins are telling stories, um, or maybe uh, oh, really, <laughs> yeah, five second plays, um, whatever. But they're, 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 at least they're trying to do. Dribble. <laughs> but they're trying to do standard adventures and for that that's like okay that's good you're not killing everybody from page to page i just i just wish people would realize <laughs> at heart what masters of the universe is these like, stories are great you can read them panel by piece by piece <laughs> Fuck that, man. I don't know. fantastic oh man it's, it oh, makes shit. great TikTok kids you know <laughs> Would you say oh, that it's just, kind of the problem I with think... comics now anyway is that they always want to do that instead of just sticking to everything and just trying to tell a, a fun story? It's like everything now. It's like, well, this is the, the biggest thing. You, yeah. you never... I know that's... I can't. I can't. They're so impenetrable. You can't even... You can't pick yeah. up an issue and read. That's why I liked when they did the Batman... Um, they did the animated Batman series comics back in the day, and it's like, oh, I can just grab an issue of, the, of and it's a, it's a cool story, and it's self-contained, and it's not. And every once in a while, they do like a two, two or three parter, but usually it was like its own thing. And I miss comics like that. You'd never see that anymore. I would love to see something like that for He-Man, where it's just like self-contained adventures, you know. I just, I just like, I guess my my big gripe, and it's a big miserable old man gripe, and it is from a forty three year old man, is just look at what made He Man and Shiro so damn good back in the day. It wasn't the biggest adventures ever. It was fantasy. Uh, it was magic and, uh, and um, it was fantasy, magic, science fiction, all that stuff brought together and told uh, stories. Yeah. Whether it was episodic, and it was. I'm not saying they were simple stories, but they were stories. Um, and that's all you need to do. It's it's a very he man is is not complicated. He man and Shira is a very simple formula. I just don't understand why. And maybe it's maybe it's me. Maybe I'm like, oh, the eighties were so good. And oh, like, no, it ain't that at all. People but but, but the thing don't... is, the t yeah, the two thousand and two cartoon. I think that got it right. I think the one thing lacking from that show, like I said, was heart. But yeah. primarily, for in terms of a story, that was great. It was like it told episodic stories, and yet yeah, brought. 
in, in certain elements that led to a point. I'm, yeah, because you could, you could pick it up anywhere I'm, in the series and not feel like you're left out of something. Yeah. You know, which is I'm, what comics I'm are I'm going to throw in. I'm sorry, Tyler. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tyler. Uh, no, I, I was no. just saying, I feel like with everything now saying... is just, just got to be, you know, everything's so damn connected. Like, we love continuity, but I, I got, you know, bunch of Spider-Man comics over here on my wall. I can pick up any one of those and give it to any, any new reader and say, read this. And this will tell you yeah. one story. And you don't feel like you have to read decades before. It may, may want, want you to go seek out more. But that's what's so good about filmation is it makes you want to go and dig more and learn about this episode, when, when this character showed up, it's just... It, or have both. Have one that's like an overarching story and then have just like single a single issue uh, going on. But one thing I want to add is He-Man himself. Um, I think people have a tough time with He-Man. Um, and I, I, that was a, I had a problem with He-Man in the NYP cartoon because Cam Clark played him, overplayed the... Yeah. The, the, I am that yeah, and and also with the with the DC comics, I find He Man there. He Man has to be really likable. He has to have compassion for others. He's ex extremely powerful, right? But he still has that that compassion for others. But he also has a sense of humor to him. Not I'm not talking about wacky over the top, but he has a kind of a wry sense of humor that was part of of john Irwin's charm as he man where he would occasionally will talk he he's not that concerned you know sometimes i mean he is in certain things where he's very you know uh you know we're in a serious situation but he also tosses off those like wry comments and, and things like that that i remember as a kid that made he man likable to me and i think that they've dropped that they're afraid to sort of embrace that he man can can do that he can throw off a a humorous barb at somebody. He he doesn't have any of that in any of the recent iterations that I've seen of Masters of the Universe, and I miss that about He-Man. I, I think something else that's really like an NYP did not get is the dynamic of He-Man and Prince Adam. Like you don't feel sorry for Prince Adam at all in NYP. No, still is like a pompous ass. Yeah. As opposed to like we're not seeing the struggles yeah. he's going through of like the secret identity. What do I do in this situation right. that we would see multiple times in filmations? Like nobody fucking gets it. Like why? So it's like they clearly have dismissed secret identity. It's not only in movies, but in comic books as well. We're like, that's part of the character, the struggles that this young man is going through these problems with, with women, disappointing his parents, trying to save the damn planet at the same time from three different factions and various other invaders and shit like that. And we're not, that's why he's so much like Spider-Man. Like, going yeah. through all these other problems that makes him so relatable. Like how the hell is he going to get out of this? He's going to save the day, but he's going to piss off his father in the same same episode or issue. We don't see none of that. None of that internal struggle. If, if He-Man isn't likable, you've lost. He-Man, you have to like He-Man. It's, it's essential. And Adam, too. It's like, you have to, you have to like them as characters. Thing, we're, we're obviously, when writing uh, super-powered heroes like your Superman and stuff, because they're obviously so damn powerful uh, that there's very little threat and stuff, it can be quite easy to write them very bland. So what you have to do, especially with He-Man and, and Superman, is you create, you give them charm. That's what Christopher Reeve did with Superman. Yes. He was so damn yes. charming in that role. It was just like, oh, you can do anything and you're, you know... Truth, justice, the American way, and all that stuff. But we didn't go. Oh, it's cringy because it's like, oh, but he believes in that in his heart, and he's so charming. And with He Man, He Man yeah. is like, I'll just toss him out and over here. But you know, check that out, Oracle or whatever. And it was, I don't know, just that <laughs> that, that wry smile He Man had. And don't get me wrong, I love the I love the um, 
the DC uh, comic stuff, obviously, like I've said before, my favorite DC uh, mini comics are the DC published ones where He-Man slays the Blom, all that stuff. And that was a very, that was obviously a different take on He-Man. But to me, the perfect balance of He-Man is you can have that, I'm not going to say savage, but you can have that axe-wielding He-Man with the charm and uh, compassion of Filmation's He-Man. I think there is a there is a perfect mix there. I think Filmation yeah. obviously play it very safe, and the DC mini comics back in the day played it very you know uh, have at the kind of thing. But you bring them together, and there is there is a, you can create a balance. And I, I don't understand why they they just don't seem to be able to do that. It's it's yeah I don't know. What do we know? We're only fans. No. Yeah, we're just sitting around on a Sunday think... evening bitching about a toy line from the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a feeling, though, like I said, the questions when I asked them, I wanted it to be deep and rich and to pull out as much as I can from everyone. Just Like I said, this is just us being super passionate fans, giving our thoughts, not tell, like I you know, say a bunch, not shitting on things to be assholes, but we just want this to be the best property that it can be. We want it to be really like does. it was back in the day. Will it ever be like that again? I, I don't know. Probably not. But we no. have hopes, and that's why we try to say things. Is hopefully you can hear this, and people that you know are out there are listening, and maybe could take it to heart. So you know what? Maybe we should try to change something like this. Maybe this could be tweaked like this. That's the only reason we do this. But go ahead, James. You- I was going to say, can I just say one thing? I think no. The- the, the thing I hope is that... He just keeps going anyway. I like how he just completely breezed past that. You're like, nope. And that's like Uncle James is, is that when he speaks, you know, like he only hears himself. Like, yeah, of course I do. What? what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> um, but when... The, the one thing I hope the Origins leads to is that it becomes successful. And out of that, what, what we all would hope, really, is if, okay, you don't like Origins, but guess what? There's a... A filmation comic, or there's a De- there's a Savage comic, or that you want the brand to be so big, like Transformers, that you can pick and choose. Mm-hmm. That's what you want, as opposed to Origins, which is well, this is all you're getting at the moment, and all these other bits of merchandise. We're very limited, understandably, in what we're being given. So if Origins takes off and fills the toy aisles, and all the kids and everybody loves it, and Revelation comes along and makes everything good, and it's like, oh my god, this is great. And the kid cartoon is atrocious, but we all enjoy. It. I don't know what people enjoy. It. The one thing you want to get from that is choice. The ability to walk, uh, you know, go online and be like, oh, do you, what about this? Oh, I don't really like that. I like this, you know. And we've got like a, a 1980s He-Man comic or a, or a New Adventures comic or a 2002 comic or this, that. I love the, the idea that the brand becomes big eventually, that we end up with something like Transformers where you can go into a comic shop and you go, which of these Transformers? Do I get the 80s one or the... Energon or the latest or the movie you, you should have that choice with He-Man um, it, there, there is no obviously there is no one and only He-Man there's a variety I just hope we get there at some point rather than being told this is what you will like or you know Oh, with the new Kevin Smith cartoon, that's what I mean. Is hopeful is oh, oh, I'm sorry, Daniel. I know we got the goofy thirty second delay. You know me; I'll speak hundred miles an hour, anyways. I'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah sorry, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like but cutting you guys. Yeah, off. but the new revel- Yeah, I was gonna say the new Revelation cartoon. Let's say that you know it is a hit, and we're gonna be getting those Masters verse figures based off of that. Then hopefully that could be a success because that looks like that could be geared toward more adult collector and more details and a little taller possibly and with that maybe you think okay there's people that want that then there's the others that just want to go for the vintage style and if 
they could reel in the kids, which would be nice. I'm sure they might be tend to go more towards Origins. I mean, what I've seen so far with Origins is, I mean, they have sold well. There has been some stores, I told you, too much of overstock with He-Man and Skeletor. But it yeah, almost so. seems like the devil... The WWE versions of like the Masters figures seem like they're selling more than anything. People love mixing and matching. It almost seems like they're having more artistic freedom with them as well. But I know it seems like they've been selling quick. It just, you're right. I would hope there could be choices. People want those origins or people want the Masters verse ones and anything else that could come. I just You want it to be big. And I guess that's only crossing fingers that something like that can happen. <laughs> there I you go. Everyone's doing the same thing. Trying- looking at you. Go ahead, yeah. Danielle. I think they're trying to prep for that honestly with this whole multiverse idea i think they if masters of the universe is a success they're going to go with the whole multiverse idea where every version of masters of the universe from filmation to the the savage stuff to myp all exists and they would would release things for each of those versions of masters of the universe if it's a big success um, from what I've seen with Masterverse so far, I've only seen that Moss Man. I, I'm not overly impressed, I, just because uh, it's, again, it, I don't like the whole, like, tree, tree. We talked about this, I think, Joe. It looks like the legs are, like, these root things. They're doing, like, the swamp thing kind of thing. Yeah, I got more really... of a MYP vibe than a Filmation style. I yeah. didn't know where it was going, but it was weird. I even thought, like I told you when we talked about it, I thought it was a custom. I was like, wait, that was real? I didn't even know that was real. Yeah. I thought it was a custom. And again, it's like bring in the four horsemen to do this stuff. Like we have Ruben working on it and I'm not gonna, I don't wanna throw Ruben under the bus here, but he's done some questionable things. Let's just put it that way over the years with, with his involvement in the brand um, is very much interested in working on retail brands because they're high profile. Great, if you, that's what you wanna do, then, then bring in people like the four horsemen to, to work on this stuff because yeah. they, Eric Treadaway, if you ever have a conversation with George uh, Volkovic, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, it's like almost like having a spiritual experience when he's talking about Masters of the Universe. He is so passionate about the design and, and just the mythology of Masters of the Universe. He's one of the sculptors who works with the Four Horsemen. He sculpted like uh, Eldor and Fisto and stuff. He puts such immense love into that. And Eric Treadaway who loves Masters of the Universe uh, uh, so much, you know, and is such a talented prodigy in terms of how good he is at sculpting, bring in people like that to to do this stuff because they they will put their heart and soul into it instead of instead of putting it into through a computer. That said, with the cartoon, with the Revelation cartoon, we do have um, Ted Biaselli in there, and Ted is a is a hardcore fan of masters of the universe like you i don't uh, i don't james has met uh, knows ted um uh, uh, ted has gone to PowerCon like pretty much every year before he was like big at netflix i remember sitting in a car with him at san diego comic-con and we started talking about 80s cartoons it was like a group of us in a car and just you could tell he was just he is a he is a hardcore fan of pop culture and especially Masters of the Universe. Masters of the Universe is his jam. So if Ted has a say in stuff that's coming out media wise, then I feel we're in good hands. Of course, Ted is not alone in making those decisions. You have you're dealing with Mattel and Universal as well. You know, I believe so. You have other corporations that are that have their hands on that too. So. Um, We'll see Rob David 
too. He is he is fan. I think the Ted's is way up here though. Like yeah. you know, uh, and Rob is a fan too. I'm not knocking Rob Davis. Yeah, is a wonderful uh, person. Yeah, really nice guy and very very <laughs> very super intelligent. Nice, but annoyingly nice at times, where it's like, yeah, oh, <laughs> just be so nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah, but no, no, Rob, Rob is a fan, but Ted is where my hope for the heart of the show is. Yes. Um, and I, I yeah. will say, like I've said it before, and I may have even said it on Fans of Power, but the one hope I had was last year when we stood in that convention hall and Lee and I were at the back, stood there, and Kevin Smith was up there and he was talking about the original, the Filmation cartoon, and he just said, he goes, I watched it. He goes, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan, but I watched it. And he goes, it was all about family. And I was like, yes. Yes. Like, that's, yep. That's what I want to hear. You take this. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's the crazy uh, good family and the crazy bad family. <laughs> the, 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 the evil warriors are a family. In a, and I don't mean that in a traditional sense. I just mean yeah. you have to look at it like that because that's how you play those characters. The same. And especially with the heroes, that is a family. It's that's that is why the filmation cartoon. Um, wasn't a toy advert because it focused on this core cast of characters. It was a family that all lived at the Royal Palace. So yes. uh, that's, yeah. that's and, and those poignant moments, James, in those BCI DVDs that, that you worked on, you know, that those that Liano drew into the, into those BCI DVDs on the foldouts, those poignant moment moments are the things that people yeah. do remember. Like there is a heart to that. There, there is those interpersonal dynamics between the characters are essential. But MYP was too cold in that respect, yeah. I felt. Like right. it felt like Man at Arms like it hated Orko in the in the MYP cartoon. Everybody hated each other. Taylor Taylor was the ultimate PMS bitch. <laughs> Marlena were had offered nothing in terms of substance. And Prince Adam, even with his powers, like there's nothing likable about Prince Adam. He's not worried. Yeah. He's not in peril. He's still a pompous ass. Like not even in character, like pretending to be. No, he's just an asshole. Like he's not likable in any sense. Like right. it's hard. It's hard to find someone to. So really cling to other than like I like Buzz off or I like Mossman in this episode. Right. Like it's just there's there's no nothing to gravitate to with the essential core cast of Matt yeah, Arms, Tila, and He Man. But James as James pointed out, like Kevin Smith acknowledged that it's a it's there's a that family yeah. is at the core of it. And if he is aware of that and Ted is aware of that, then I think I'm I'm very hopeful. As I didn't well. know he said that. So knowing that, coming from both you all, like okay, I'll I'll pull back the reins on my skepticism about him. I still worry he's going to come in there and, and do something fucked up, and I'm I'm going to very strong. <laughs> my my only my my kind of faith. I mean, I was a big fan of Kevin Smith movies, not so much anymore. But I mean, yeah, Chase, me too. Chasing Early Amy is still, ones. Yeah. still one of my well, favorites. I still love Chasing Amy. It's, um, to me, that still holds up in a, maybe a few questionable moments in it, but it still holds up. But um, when Kevin Smith has ever worked on another property, and he has openly admitted this, like um, he worked on the uh, a lot of the DC shows in recent years, and I was watching those. I've kind of given them up on them now because there's so many of them. They've got a bit uh, samey after a while. But he would come on board, and he would always say, when I come to play in somebody else's sandbox, so I don't know, is that the term? He said, I would always, or play with someone else's box of toys, I would always make sure that I don't, like disrupt it. I would always play with them and put them back exactly where I found them. So in other words, he's not going to go in and do Jane Silent Bob He-Man. He's going to go in and go, right, what's been established before? Okay, I'm going to take all of this and here's what I'm going to try and do. So obviously it's Kevin Smith. The guy can write serious shit and he can write, he's a really good writer. He really is. Um, especially when it comes to like comic book stuff. But um, 
yeah, I mean, all we can do until, you know, next year is just keep those fingers crossed, guys. That's, that's all we can do. I, I don't think we've got much hope for the, um, like I say, the CGI kitty cartoon, because I just think that's not even going to be remotely no. for any of us. No, that's good. They're going to try to hook in like a new generation of kids with that. Um, there, I think you're right. There's going to be wars over that. That part. I don't think Doosan is going to be able to survive. That, that. Yeah, meltdowns every just, other day. I've just noticed something. Tyler and I have exactly the same size arms. Look. <laughs> I was, I, see, I was like, should I wait and tell him after afterwards, or just compliment him, like you know, open the podcast? You know, like I think James and I go to the same gym. I'm like, oh, clearly, I know you. Wacky waving inflatable too, man. <laughs> Beware oh, my squid-like arms. Well, now I feel like I have to up my game. I can't have competition now. I, I got, I got, I got to start working on getting, bit, you know, better than James here. Like, I'm, I'm just constantly <laughs> tensing up so like my belly doesn't go. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, we knocked out that first part. That was a, that was a hell that of a good discussion. Part. That was the first part. The other part, it might be something a little more quicker before we eventually get to the people in the chat who will have questions for both of you guys and us as well, I'm sure. But since we do have this kind of fans of power, slight NWO outsider thing, I had a question that I posed to everybody, and I'll start with Danielle. And the question is, if you were to create your ultimate outsider team in Masters of the Universe, consisting of the five factions of Heroic Warriors, Evil Warriors, Snake Man, the Horde, and the Great Rebellion, and of course, not using the leaders like He-Man, Skeletor, and all the leaders, who would you use and why? So that's you, Danielle. You go first. Oh, you were breaking up a lot, so I couldn't, oh, I couldn't I hear you. I was breaking yeah, up. Yeah, no, the, the yeah. cameras went all crazy again for a second. Did? Yeah. Well, I'll talk again, and I'll do it slow, because I do talk 100 miles an hour. But if you were to create your ultimate faction, outsider faction, from the five main ones of Heroic Warriors, Evil okay. Warriors, Snake Man, Horde, and Great Rebellion, who would you pick and why? And, of course, not the main you know, leaders, no He-Man, Skeletor, that just everybody else. Who would you choose and why? Okay. I'm, gonna, I'm also going to take, um, take Evil Lynn and Shadow Weaver out, too, because they're, they're pretty powerful, so I'm going to... I'm going to take them off the table as well. So uh, for uh, I'm going to pick um, for the good guys. I'm going to pick Stone Dar. Whoa, this is different. Okay, okay. Not I'll pick Stone Dar, and then for the Great Rebellion, I'm going to pick uh, Frosta. I'm going to pick Frosta. Just I mean, here's what's, what's, what would happen. Frosta would first first person they're up against. First tag team. Frosta is going to come into the ring. She she freezes them, turn turns to ice. There's not. What are they going to do? They're they're frozen. I mean, what, that's a she's really powerful. Then Stonedar is going to, you know, <laughs> bowling ball. You know, he's going to turn into his <laughs> rock form and just <laughs> just bowl right through them. That's it. Done. Two two people eliminated. Then we got um we're going to get uh, uh uh from the horde. I'm going to go with um. Voltac. Oh, I'm gonna go with Voltac, and uh, I am going to get um, uh, uh, Scareglow from the Evil Warriors. So we got Voltac, and we got Scareglow. Uh, so next to Scareglow comes in. He's just standing there, kind of like Undertaker style. He's standing there, and then whoosh, throws back his cape, <laughs> lights up, 
the opponent starts like, oh my God, oh my God, quivering, terrified, you know, falling to, to their knees. They can't do anything. Meanwhile, as they're like begging for their lives, like reliving their worst fears that they've ever had, Voltak kind of sneaks behind, comes from behind, you know, and then he, he grabs him from behind, picks him up, and he puts, they're, they're like trembling, and Voltak like grabs him, puts him in the pile driver position, right? Oh, wow. And then, he puts him in the pile driver position, right? And then Voltak, but he doesn't do the pile driver. What he does is whoo, extends the wings, whoo, whoo, starts flapping, rises up to the ceiling of the arena, every, up to the lights. Everybody's looking up and then stops. Of course, he's wearing really good knee pads here. Drops <laughs> from the top of the arena all the way down. Bam, right down oh. to the mat. Pile A sky driver. Gone, gone, eliminated, eliminated, over and done with. And then for uh, for the the snake, oh the snake men. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious, you know. Uh, what uh, I think you could go any way with that. There's there's any number of of options there that you can go with. But uh, I think for uh, since I already used the freezing power of frost, I don't want to I don't want to imitate that with with okay. with the uh, snake face. You could do kind of do the same thing. So instead, we're gonna have the ultimate sleeper hold. Squeeze. Oh. <laughs> like yeah. there's no getting out. There's just no getting out of the ultimate sleeper hold. The the, the king of the sleeper hold. You know, King Hiss might be the king of the snake men, but Squeeze is the king of the sleeper hold, and just like that. that's it. Uh, count, count wonderful. out, count that person out. It's over. Okay. It. <laughs> All right. I'll I'll pass it to James. It went in a different direction than I thought, but I still liked what you did. Oh, is so, that uh, what we were supposed to do? Well, I, I kind of uh, did what Danielle did too. So did you? Go, okay. You All right. Then I guess you're outnumbered. I'm going to be, yeah, I'm the outsider. So I'll be on the outside. But no, that's good. But I like it. I'll pass it to James. And then you go to Tyler and Nathan. And go ahead. Um, you might want to come to me last. I'm going to pass it to Tyler. And then we'll go to Nathan. <laughs> All right. Well, I came, I essentially like came up with like everything. I gave them a name. I called oh. the crew, the crew. Oh, wow. rude. And uh, <laughs> my team captain is Dialamog who I just see as the ultimate asshole who could cut promos and really piss people off with that smile. And his finish was the Devlin drop. And then, uh, oh, Devlin yeah, I figured you all would appreciate that. Oh, that's great. That's and, awesome. Uh, next I have Icer and his valet Frosta. Nice. And, uh, I just feel like every time Icer comes to the ring, Frost is there or escorting anybody from the, uh, from the faction, but she is the female competitor and the valet of the group. And Icer's, uh, finishes the icebreaker. Frost is the frostbite, and uh, <laughs> representing the Snake Man, I've got Squeeze also, and I want to give his finisher much like Jake the Snake Roberts, like uh, the uh, uh, Snake <laughs> Snap, which wraps both oh. arms around the head and just goes down for a DDT. Nice. Ah. And then the tag team of, and I decided to break uh, break out a little bit and bring in a new adventures, Tuscador, oh. who does the Stampede Smash. And Lizard Man, because Lizard Man is fucking awesome and needs to be uh, recognized more. And he does the, does the ten star frog splash from the top rope. Ten star, absolutely. But it's better than five star. So that is, and their their uh, interesting would be Black Thunder by Morgan Willis, which is this awesome eighties Tempest song. Wow. Which I, oh god, like I was just like envisioning this, like Frost, like rubbing on Icer's chest and 
like he's just like, God, I'm so badass. And it would be, be like me walking the ring with Jessica Alba. That's how cool it would be here. That is good. You know, so that is my, that is my group, the Crude Brood. Oh, I love that. You said Jessica Alba. My God, I haven't thought of July. I used to love well, that I series. Beautiful women. She, I always go to her. She's one of my, my, even though she makes shitty movies, but she, gosh, she's so hot. And that's what sucks. Is, is I, I was loving Dark Angel. I thought it was doing great in the ratings. Then they canceled it for Firefly, and then Firefly was shit show and went away. It's like, oh, you just fucked up a great TV show, but then she went on to do movies in Hollywood. But I was like, I'd rather her be in Dark Angel. I love that TV series. Wait, just to look hang, at her. Hang God, on. I, you, you didn't like Firefly? Oh, that fucking sucked. I hate it, and that's why it didn't last long. Nobody liked it. It fucking ruined Dark Angel and Jessica Alba. I get to see her all the time on TV, and that went away. Them lips, good God, them lips, and that. Uh, okay, this is going in a whole different direction. Nathan, you go on. What Joe, you got? you're you're off the show. I'm kicking you off of the show. <laughs> I, 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 I like Firefly. Joe, you, you need I, to. I like Firefly. Well, I, I'm going to. Like way later, but I yeah. liked it when I. I'm going to. Joe, I'm going to admit something I forgot completely about this topic. It is, it's That's escaped okay. my mind, so I guess I, I started thinking about it uh, oh. once you brought it up, and I had the idea. It's kind of funny that Daniel went first because my idea was to have both Frosta and Snake Face, so you could turn them to stone and freeze them. But then oh. I would then I would have oh. but then I would have like uh-huh. Fisto come through and just start like punching everybody and disintegrating <laughs> everything. Uh, That's awesome for. Well, that's the thing, too, because I was thinking maybe Stratos just to piss Joe off, but I ended up going with mm, Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> it's supposed to be the ultimate evil. <laughs> Joe's uh, like an angry old lady up front, like swinging this purse at Stratos when he comes to the ring, you know, and he's sitting there, like challenging Joe to like smack him on the chin and everything. <laughs> I was so disappointed. I remember, he can, man. He can dye, I, dye his, his beard black like Hollywood Hogan. Oh, that'd be great. There's a couple just... for you, Joe. Hollywood Stratos there. Oh, oh man, dear God. No, that uh, you know what's funny is you talk about Gangrel. I mean, because I love the brew. They had one of the most badass, funky entrances. I love that music, but I wish Gangrel never opened his mouth. Yes. The second he did, his, oh, his promos God, were fucking terrible. <laughs> that was the worst thing I ever heard. When he finally talked. I was like, oh, that was a pile of shit. And I think it went down more and more, and then just there went away the brood. Oh, why did he open his mouth? That was okay. Go ahead, Nathan. Well, Back to I'm you. also thinking about that match that he had with, uh, I think it was X Pac and. And this is when Teddy Long was still refereeing at the time, and he like fucked up the count. And I was like, "Wait, no, that that, oh. that was a three. What happened there?" And they tried to play it off like everything was was cool and fine. God, man, Gangrel. Now, see, now you got me thinking about the the theme music rocked, the entrance rocked. Uh, I I hated the whole thing though that they tried to work because he's feuding with Edge, and here comes Christian. This is his brother. I understand what they're trying to do with that, but uh. God, he opened his mouth and ruined everything. And I think they had Edge talking that promo too. And and, yeah, and, and Edge, Edge was kind of bad. He's like, Christian didn't talk though. Didn't Christian just kind of yeah. stand off or look to the side? He didn't talk. Didn't yeah, talk. but Edge said something really dumb in his promo. Yeah. It was I, it's something like the I don't what was it like the, the creatures come out at night or something. And then he had I mean, the the delays yeah. like the creatures come out at night. And he just like was trying to <laughs> smile and look, and it just it was horrible. Um, see, now I'm getting off track. So, uh, what other factions do I have left here? I have the Horde, and and what was the what was the other? You need the Great Rebellion. Oh, no, we got you got Frost to the Horde. You haven't picked the Horde Horseman hmm. yet. 
This is what I get for not being prepared and totally forgetting about the the topic. It's okay. That's okay. See, if Joe you can't finish the game, that's correctly either. So. <laughs> like, can I do this again? No, we're live, pal. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so I'll pass it to I guess James. James, yeah, go ahead, you do it. it. Pass it to James. My opinion on this show doesn't matter that much anyway. Come on now. Okay, so obviously I didn't know. Was it, were we supposed to do a wrestling theme for this thing? Because I didn't know that. Well. Oh, well, the thing is, I'll be honest. When I first did it, I was just trying to, like, just say, just make your own ultimate faction. One yeah. from each of the factions oh, with the five oh, characters. Oh. It, it kind of went wrestling, but that's fine. That's fine. Whatever way you interpret it. But if you interpret it a different way, James, <clears throat> then go your other way of just an ultimate badass faction taking one from each of, uh, you know, the five main factions. Okay, strap yourselves in because James E. did some writing this morning because he was... Yeah, like 20 minutes. It's, okay. oh, just to let everybody know, it's 621. We will be probably done with James at 650, I'm sure. But go on, James. Here if, we go. If you're lucky. Uh, yeah. Once upon a time. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Right. Oh, wait. <laughs> can, can, I, can I go uh, into the living room and get my blanket and a pillow and stuff so I can get comfy and settled in <laughs> for bedtime, bedtime stories with James? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Get, get, get cozy. Get a warm cup of cocoa. Get your slippers on. And um, yeah, huh. if anybody's li listening or watching, got got your massage oils out. Start start applying them. That sounds wrong, but huh. um, yeah, let's uh, let's do this. <clears throat> okay, so my team up goes like this: in the cold dead of night, a dimensional gate materialized outside of the whispering woods. Two figures emerged and slowly and slowly began to take in their otherworldly surroundings. This is asked Trapjaw. Cyclone port. So Trapjaw. Cyclone paused before answering, look at, looking at a device in the palm of his hand. I believe so. The coordinates appear to match up. Trapjaw squinted into the darkness, which seemed to surround uh, them, uh, which seemed to surround them, before removing his hook and replacing it with his Lasertron attachment, clicking it into place. Is that really necessarily uh, necessary? Asked Cyclone. Better to be ready for anything, replied Trapjaw. The two Eternians continued to observe the unique world upon which they found themselves, the seemingly endless silence broken only by a gentle breeze which caused the nearby trees of the Whispering Woods to evoke a, notice, a noticeable yet calming jingle. I think that's the right word, jingle or tinkle, whatever. Um, you ever been to this planet before? Or, you ever been to this planet before? Asked Trapjaw. No, replied Cyclone, but I've heard many tales of this world. Before the pair could continue their conversation, a noise alerted them to the heavily wooded area that lay before them. Who's there? questioned Trapjaw, a clear nervousness in his metallic voice. Well, 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 you made it. Catra stepped out from the shadows. At her side was a familiar face to both Eternians. Ratlaw. Trapjaw? questioned a shocked Ratlaw. He, continu he continued, shouldn't you be at Snake Mountain cowering next to Beastman's? Trapjaw took a step towards Ratlaw. Why are you sorry? Excuse for a cyclone reached his arm across, prevent, uh, Trapjaw, preventing the villain from engaging in battle. No need to scrap, gentlemen, re remarked Catram. Turning towards Ratlaw, the female feline continued. Even the self-proclaimed Lord of Destruction as the Wizard of Weapons. Ratlaw scoffed. And what was the last thing he built? Uh, you mean building, replied Catra, with a smirk etched across her face. Cyclone stepped forward. You have the <laughs> Cyclone stepped forward. You have the audacity to question Trapjaw's allegiance? Cyclone said accusingly. Whose side are you on this week, Ratlaw? Evil warriors, snake men, evil horde? Ratlaw, whose posture was often <laughs> hunched. Yeah, Ratlaw, uh, whose posture was often hunched, stood upright, raising his tail ready for battle. Catra had heard enough. Silence, all of you. 
Rattlaw, Cyclone and Trapjaw listened as Catcher begins, uh, began to explain. We're all here because we're, shall we say, dissatisfied with our current situations. That's the truth. So, uh, um, where That's the truth, replied Trapjaw. I don't think I can take another one of Skeletor's plans to conquer Eternia. Cyclone responded, trust me, it isn't much better being a part of the heroic warriors. We say villages, continents, even planets. And who gets all the plaudits? The most powerful man in the universe. Trapjaw groaned. I can't stand that guy. Cyclone huh. turned to, to Catra and Ratlaw. What about you two? Uh, this is Cyclone. What about you two? You're the force captain, Catra. Surely, surely nothing, interrupted Catra. The evil horde has lost its way. There are no longer any benefits to being part of this intergalactic empire. Trapjaw walked towards Catra. With that being the case, do you mind telling us why you wanted to meet us here, Catra? Catra responded with glee. Of course, because this is where we'll liaise with the individual that has brought us together. Cyclone and Trapjaw looked uh, at one another, confused by what they had just heard. Cyclone turned back to Catra. But we thought this alliance was your idea. Trapjaw raised his lasertron. This is a trap. Catra interrupted. It's not a trap, Metal Mouth. Uh, just wait. Cyclone and Trapjaw's eyes widened as from within the Whispering Woods, a figure emerged. Cyclone, <laughs> Cyclone could not believe his eyes. You, Trapjaw, equally as, as stunned. This has to be a joke, right? Catra smiled, remarking, not a joke. A few years ago, this young lady conquered the Fright Zone and had Hordak at, his mercy, at her mercy. <laughs> to, say the, to say the power she wields is impressive would be an understatement. In her sing-song-like voice, Perfuma declared, Who's ready to overthrow a planet or two? <laughs> Tyler's face. Yeah, Tyler's so, face. So my, my, I... my, my theory for all this is, so yeah, you'd have Catra as the leader and the tactician, primarily. Perfuma was only got them together, but Perfuma would be the, the powerful ma uh, magician, you know, who can basically make flowers do whatever she wants and overthrow uh, bases of operations. Tra uh, Rattlaw would be the muscle intimidation. Cyclone would be air and speed. And Trapjaw would be firepower and as well as an inventor. So that was my idea of like, you create this really badass team and they've all got different roles. I think, I, I, and people may roll their eyes at Perfuma, but it's like. Oh, I'm definitely rolling my eyes at Perfuma. I'm like, what the hell, man? But you know how powerful <laughs> yeah. she was. Like, she did She's overthrow. Very, yeah, she controlled plants. Yeah, she overthrew she uh, the price. I was just like, oh my God, this is like. Oh, and then he's like, I, I, was, I thought maybe Madame Raz or something. Like, but <laughs> <laughs> I was envisioning a filmation episode as James is like sh sharing that. So you know what? You got my blessing on perfume. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, go, go, go. Here's the money. Go. No, it just yeah, that, that it was just, awesome. No, it, it wasn't. I just I wanted to give us just some context, to everybody. I just shot that to all of them today, saying, "Hey, just you know, could you come up with five people to make into their own faction?" And of course, we went two with wrestling themes, and Nathan with, uh, you know, his wrestling theme or half. I was gonna say half. Half. Uh, well, all right. How about uh, uh, Trapjaw and, and Mosquito? There we go. Done. Oh, there you go. Uh, there my you team. But, no. but what, what I'm getting to basically is, look what James just did. That was today. That was with lighthearted fun within a couple hours he did that. He didn't have prep time. And I guess it almost throws back to what we were saying earlier. They have plenty of time to write great mini-comics for Origins. James just did that in, in an hour. That doesn't even make sense because that was really inviting. Yes, it was a crazy, even crazier twist at the end. But definitely outsiders, especially Perfume, if you want to say something that feels like maybe an ultimate outsider, maybe within the faction. But my point is, look how great that fucking story was. 
and that came out of a mind from somebody in an hour. That's unreal, James. That's I don't even know what to say because that's great. Thank you. It was it was it was just it was fun when you said the challenge. I was just like, that's I love the idea of that. I think um, I, I might be wrong, but I think it was Matthew Douche from um, uh, what's the podcast Legends of Grayskull. Legends I was getting Grayskull. yeah, I always get the podcast names confused, but Legends of Grayskull. And um, I think he was talking a few months back about. The idea, it may, it may be him, apologies if it's not, apologies if it's someone else, but I'm sure he was conversing with me saying about the idea of having a comic where it would be like a bunch of uh, B-listers, as it were, as a, as a team. Yeah. And I thought, like, oh, what a, what a good idea. But that kind of went. And then when Joe came up with this, I was like, oh, that'd be fun to revisit. So I kind of wrote yeah, Because I was like Tyler. I was just like Tyler. I was envisioning, whether it's envisioning watching an episode of Filmation or even looking at a mini-comic, I was seeing it. That's what I love. That's what I love about what you did. It took me back to when we were kids, and sometimes you just had a storybook. And you had, to, you know, especially, you know, the German audio plays, what they had. They just had to envision everything. But I like that. It's like you were telling a story, and I had to picture this. I wasn't looking at it. I wasn't watching it. But it was just written so well within such a short time. So that was, that was fucking awesome. I love that. That's what I love about the show. It's always so random. don't know what's going to happen. So, I mean, before we get to a couple of things, I just did want to say uh, for people in the chat, if you had any questions that you wanted to ask to James, Danielle, any of us about anything Masters or anything else, do it right now while you're doing it. Um, Nathan, did you have anything you wanted to say before we get to the chat room? Uh, I, I want to thank both of them for being on the show this week. Uh, and yeah. once again, if you guys are, are late to the live feed, I want to, sorry that the cameras got wonky five-person show i knew it was going to do this so it, it's okay i'm surprised they all just as james cameron does it again i'm surprised that uh these guys didn't try to mess with me and they all just like froze in place and didn't do anything so i'm like freaking out <laughs> yeah but uh thank you both for uh, taking the time out for being on the show with us it's always a pleasure to have you on and uh someone did ask earlier in the chat james what what are you drinking tonight Oh, it's nice. It's uh, Vimto, so it's uh, like squash, um, fruit juice. Okay. No, I, I didn't know if it was like like some sort of you mixed it with with alcohol or something like that. No, sometimes I have my drink. I was say, yeah, she's drinking pee over there. Yeah. <laughs> she's drinking pee. Mm. I'm drinking. He's got to go to the doctor. Yeah, you should yeah, go to the doctor. James. <laughs> it was <laughs> All right. Um, well, Adam Gabbert has a question. And you know what? You guys do not have to hold back. And it's for uh, Danielle and James. What are your thoughts uh, on the Fans of Power podcast? They I don't know if he means like. They fucking you know, like, hate you know, it. Like, they hate it. Yeah, that's yeah. why they're here right now. They they hate it so much. <laughs> no, always like, and that's the thing. I'd, I'd like to hear what you guys yeah, think about the podcast. I mean, it's a good question from them. So go ahead. Yeah. Either one. You can say it. You're like, I fucking hate Joe. The rest of everybody on the show. You guys are great. Well, you but know no, I'm going to be the most disliked one, Joe. You're, the, you're, you're polypractical. I'm the one that pisses everyone off. <laughs> well, we'll see. Go ahead, Danielle. Uh, uh, well, I mean, obviously, I've been on your show several times, so I enjoy uh, your show. I listen to every episode of the show. Um, I, I do appreciate that you guys, uh, you speak your minds uh, about how you feel uh, about uh, things that you like and things that you dislike. And um, there are, uh, you're very forthright about your opinion uh, on, on things, which uh, I think it's important to have that side of things granted it can be quite controversial at times you know uh but but that's 
part of what makes your show unique, I think, is that you're you're fearless about expressing your opinions. So, yeah, Appreciate and I, I enjoy Thank listening you. to it. Thank you. James, go ahead. You can beat us to shit. Whatever you want to say. Go on. He's like, I got nothing. I got nothing. No, I like echo exactly what Daniel said. I think the, the key word uh, from top uh, from head to toe is just honesty. That's that's it. Like whether it be whether it upsets people or causes people to clap in celebration, it's just honesty. You're not you're not worried about oh better not upset this representative from Mattel or better not upset that person and you know I've, I've always been someone personally that always not plays it safe but I'm just like I'm, I don't get too invested to get that bothered about stuff but at the same time yeah I'm passionate about certain things um yeah you're just you're, you're able to speak your mind here um as and you guys have always done that since day dot so I think that's the the beauty of it that should be the tagline fans of power um <laughs> honesty is what we bring or <laughs> <laughs> But, you, but you're not above, no, you you bring in the sort of sensational element as well to all of it. So that adds to the flavor of it because there is a certain, uh, the, the Joe eating spiders and Tyler's <laughs> comics on fire and, and things like this that are really over the top, you know, that's why I was like, when in Rome, you know, cause it's like, you know, might as well do it, you know, uh, um, it's, it, that's why, that's, that's what you guys do you know but i i, I really, really want to thank you too for i mean i thank Adam for asking that but it, it just it feels so damn good like when you guys have reached out to us privately and talked to us about the you know that you listened to because it, it was like it, it really meant something that that knowing both you all listened to it which i i i never really thought like our podcast like i know joe was more well known but it was such a such a, a damn honor to have heard from you all multiple times over the years since we've been doing this year, like when I've had my breakdowns and both you all have, you know, James has reached out. Danielle is like, you know, taught me off the ledge. You know, it's, uh, I, I really appreciate that you guys have had such an impact in the community, but you still like took time to listen to us, hear what we had to say and told us that you enjoyed it or challenged it at times or, or, or which was great. But I took it seriously because I really respected the hell you the hell out of both you all i mean for years like i i it just um it means a lot that you guys would come on here that you enjoy like talking to us enough to devote your time and and it um i, I can't think you think i'm stumbling here i'm getting emotional and shit here um, <laughs> i start crying but yeah yeah i yeah i promised myself i wouldn't cry here but i i really do i can't thank you all enough for um thinking of us so much and, and talking to us privately and, uh, and supporting us as much as you have. So thank you all both. Oh, no, appreciate it, man. Oh, you, the feeling is mutual. Thank you. See, I need yeah, to do something crazy and off the wall. Like Joe's eating spiders. Uh, Tyler, it was good. The spider wasn't bad. The spider was actually okay. It Tyler's wasn't bad. <laughs> something sure else. Do what? I'm sure he's had worse. <laughs> I have. I've eaten at a dumpster, so. Yes. Uh, <laughs> All right. Um. Now we have a question, and this is from Descendants of Grayskull, and I'm assuming this is for James in particular. What would you dip, do differently with the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special? Because we know your thoughts <laughs> on that. What would you do differently if you could? I, Kill the I, kids? I, have them not in the show? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, what would I do differently? It's it's a hard one because I think when you're writing something Christmas themed, it has to be somewhat sickly sweet. But I, I say that the same. Play along. Don't you do anything bad? To to relay. 
I love Relay. I'm trying to think. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think I wouldn't... The, my, my biggest problem with the Christmas special is that it's just so... We're here, we're there, we're here, we're there, we're over there, we're over there, we're now over here, we're over there. It's just, it's like a weird, um, yeah, it's a bit of a mess. Um, I don't know. Change Spikor's voice, for one thing. Say again? Change Spikor's voice in the cartoon. Oh, God, yeah. No, I think think what I would would do is, yeah, have He-Man and She-Ra. I'd probably gear towards more having it on Etheria. Now, actually, Eternia is more of a, a versatile planet. You could have it on Eternia, but you you don't have the kids in it at all and you just treat it as if it's not necessarily celebrating Christmas because obviously in the Christmas special, they're celebrating Adam and Adora's birthday. It just so happens that the Christmas theme rolls into the episode with the kids. But um, I don't know. I'd, I'd get a time machine and make sure that Bob Ford is the only writer on it, I guess. Cause uh, yeah, it's a, it's a mess of an episode. But uh, I'll be so watching more, Christmas. Like so this. you'd say more, more machines then. Okay. All right, yeah, now yeah. let's see. <laughs> oh, no. Just relay. Really. Okay. Okay. All right. The meteors and the uh, the machines team up. <laughs> we'll be having questions <laughs> for uh, Danielle and uh, James coming up here, but first for James, this one's from Zentron. Uh, Zentron said, "James, did did you watch the Dungeons and Dragons fan produced version of Requiem the other month? And if yes, what did you think?" Um, it depends. It's weird. Dusan and I were talking about this. I think. We saw like a few versions, but we definitely did look at one. And, uh, you know, time has been so kind of, uh, uh, I just haven't had much time for anything recently. So I kind of glanced at it. Um, I think, I, I don't know if I saw it or not. Apologies. I'm, I'm sh- maybe I did. I saw bits of it because I remember Dusan and I talking about it, but I can't remember which one it was. Because the funny thing was back in the day, back in like 2004, when we were working on the... Dungeons Dragons DVDs, there was a guy in the UK who was animating Requiem from scratch. And I keep getting confused with uh, with that one, which obviously doesn't even exist anymore. But uh, sorry, I'm waffling. Uh, I don't know if I saw it or not. But if I did, I may have thought it was good. (laughs) Okay. All right. This question is for Danielle, and it's from Daniel Carhunen. Question is, Danielle, do you have more Masters of the Universe Classics request videos left to do? Um, I ended it with a with a big uh, final fifty video, um, and um, there were more characters I, w- I would have liked to have gotten to. But um, I just kind of when I saw that they announced um, Masterverse, and it was pretty clear that Classics was being put in to hibernation or whatever, and that the Masterverse seems to be like the the sec- the new. Uh, you know, sequel to, to, to classics, I decided to kind of stop it, um, you know, and it, it just, I did quite a few of them, and I think the, that that final 50 video I did, that's like 40 minutes long, that's chock full of characters, <laughs> kind of covers most of do, what do, I wanted. Do, do, do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I put a lot of, a lot, originally that was going to be like an hour and a half long when I, when I was putting it together, and I was like, oh my god, nobody's going to sit through an hour and a half wishlist video so i managed to chop it down to like 40 minutes but i got like all those characters in there part of it is too is like i'm watching and i'm like oh we're probably never going to get any of these characters <laughs> so sad like watching it I'm like oh what if, that's what i loved about classics is that it kind of went into all of those different versions of masters of the universe and it really dug deep into the character roster and i would have liked to have seen stuff like negator and malacca yeah. and and yes. uh general tataran and some of those 
Well, hey, Danielle, if, I was going to say, I mean, if done properly, I mean, maybe that's even something you could continue for Origins, hoping that they would make something better for Origins. If that line was to continue, like, you know, and get better and tweaked, maybe it's something you could do for Origins, possibly. Right. Well, uh, I, I wouldn't be able to, dis like, it wouldn't look right if I've got a, like, a Origins uh, general chatter in and put them on the classic shelf. Like, it wouldn't fit scale-wise. <laughs> I could put them with the vintage. They scale, I guess the origins scale okay with the vintage figures, so I'm kind of like, oh, it would be cool if they did like some like, weird. Marlene. Yeah, because like some of them, I mean, I noticed at least with He-Man and Skeletor, it looked like they had a slight height advantage over they're the vintage figure. Yeah, yeah, they're a little bit bigger. Yeah, so, but, all yeah. right, but thank you for, uh, for that question, I Daniel. I think if you bend for... the knees, though, like, yeah. Maybe yeah, if you bend the knees like... and put them in the Maybe it'll punch them over. You bend knees, hunch them over. It's like, hey, they're perfect heights with each other. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and Rick Poe did want to say thanks to James and Danielle for coming on the show. And yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a blast having you on. So more questions. Uh, Daniel Carhunen had a question for James. Said, how many issues are there going to be of the Masters of the Universe '85 comic? Uh, <laughs> um, as many as I guess we can put out. As simple as that. Like obviously. Up until recently, it was a weekly thing, and then it couldn't be because life. Uh, so um, we'll definitely, like, there's two issues we have to do because that's the first story. So issue one, issue two. And then um, that's the Desira issues. Desira? Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then where we go from there, I don't know. But I, I want to keep doing it. It's just it's just time. You know, it's, it's time and effort. And I think, like, I think I've said before, one of the, the, the slightly disappointing things with Master Universe 85 was... Uh, week by week, I watched it, and uh, as we, I think I've discussed with definitely Dan Neil, maybe a couple of years, the um, the interest level just waned because obviously I think that people want that. I want to read it all now, and I was trying to do this weekly thing of like, oh, it gives you something to look forward to. The problem with that, and I completely understand, is that you do one page, and then hey, next Friday there's the next page, and people will go, what happened to the previous one? And it's just like the next page. But I, I get people having to go back, so it's, it, I just thought. Let me just do the whole first issue, throw it online and go, there's the first issue. And then people go, oh, that's cool. I think that's where it will get more attention, if that makes sense, rather than being this. Yeah, the, the amount of times on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, I got messages where it's like, where can I read the whole thing? And it's like, well, I haven't done the whole thing yet. We're putting out week by week. And then obviously, like I say, life got in the way. So one page would be one week. And then two weeks later, there's another page. It was just, it became very, you're trying to tell a story. And it becomes just so protracted. Um, mm -hmm. So I thought, yeah, just get the first issue done, post it online. Um, hopefully, uh, I reckon early January, something like that. And they'll be like, there's issue one. Enjoy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks, James. Um, Fedman said, and this is for you, Danielle, just said, Danielle, just wanted to say that he loved your version of Monster Mash this Halloween. So I don't know how I missed <laughs> that. You're going to have to link me or tag me. Was that on your Facebook wall or what? Uh, yeah, I put po I posted it on Facebook. It's uh, yeah, I put it's on YouTube. Thank you very much. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun to do that. <laughs> I wanted to check that out. I used to love. It. We used to put that record on every Halloween. Oh god, now I'm just starting to sound old. But well, we did. We always put on the Monster Mash record. I used to love that. Um, Simon, oh shit, almost lost my thing. Simon Naylor has something directed at James. Uh, Simon said, James, I like the Friday releases of He-Man '85 and Alliance Reborn, but understand and respect deciding to wait to release it all at once due to fan feedback. Can't wait to see it all. So, yeah, so he just want to let you know he loves what you're doing. Can't wait to yeah. see what you got more. Definitely. Let yeah, me see. Cool. I'm trying to 
I don't know if I've missed any because I might have been Nathan. This is where he usually gets me. Nathan, did I miss any? Because, oh, wait, um, I don't even know. This thing jumped. I forgot to hit that fucking do it live thing. I, I, I've just um, been I concentrating on the, the cameras if I need to move anything and fix stuff. Okay, I think that might have been all for now. That might have been everybody. If I missed anything, I just want to apologize. And Adam, the only reason that I did this different look was to, as an homage to Sting, NWO kind of thing, little, that's why I did this. So that's why I did it, Adam. Just want to let you know. And I think that's it. But, yeah, James, Danielle, it was great having you on. We loved it. Was there anything you want to say in closing? Anything either of you want to promote, whether it's any of your pages or stuff you got going on, you can shoot right now. James like, fuck, I ain't got nothing. I just said I'm doing the fucking comic, Joe. Jesus Christ, how many fucking times do you want me to say it? It's like, yeah, all right, then Danielle, what you got? You got anything going on? Anything you um, want to propose? Well, I guess, I guess we should, um, you know, uh, pimp that book that we both worked on, Joe. <laughs> the, uh, yes. the, the character guide supplement, which Joe did all the entries for coloring and activity books and things like uh, Faker going to that costume party. and uh, <laughs> Yeah. That in that right. color, like, there's definitely some unique. You did some like video game entries and stuff, so it's like that's the, a lot the, of cool shit. Yeah. yeah, it's like that original compendium that uh, the encyclopedia. This is like the sort of the sequel to it, but it's much smaller. But it's an exclusive that's being offered with the toy guide that that uh, Pixel Dan and Val did, uh, and it's being sold through the PowerCon website. And the only way to get this sort of sequel to the encyclopedia book is to get the of them together it's been difficult i think with international shipping outside of the united states because it's very expensive right now to ship outside the u.s so i think that's being worked on with some like distribution points elsewhere so st stay tuned for that but you can i think that's going to be announced on the PowerCon website when when that comes around if you're uh not in the u.s but it's it's a very limited book um, it has some really deep cut stuff in it from uh, German canons, like German promotional magazines that Sebastian Vogel wrote from Planet Eternia. He, he researched, did all that. Aiden Cross did a, a Princess of Power mini world book entries. He did a lot, a lot of stuff for that. Um, and just uh, some really, really unique stuff that is deep cut lore. If you like lore and mythology and characters from Masters of the Universe, it's like really on the obscure end of the spectrum. Um, there's a lot of lot of interesting stuff in there for fans. So definitely check yeah, it Yeah, I had a lot of people. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of people online that when I mentioned that that's the only way they can get it is through PowerCon and with that bundle because there were people that already pre-ordered just the toy book by itself. <laughs> but, you know, but then when they found out that, oh, wait, there's a bundle, it was kind of cool. They're like, Joe, I'm canceling my fucking order because now I'm going to do that. And they weren't just saying, they showed, boom, pictures. Here, I canceled this order and now I put in an order for the bundle. Yeah, I so. saw that. I saw somebody that was like, oh, that's awesome because I was really bummed out when uh, Dark Horse solicited that on Amazon, like, like two months before this exclusive yeah. deal is coming out, I was like, oh, everybody who wants the toy guide is going to buy that. And then they're like, I'm not going to get two toy guides because I, I already yeah. pre-ordered it from Amazon. So it's cool that some people like cancel their orders. I know some people waited on it, uh, but it's like, you know, that supplement, um, the supplementary thing is like really limited exclusive. And once that's gone, I know on the secondary market, it's going to skyrocket. Like you see, like James's book, the Formation book is like, going for big bucks, the mini comics book, um, all of that stuff is like, once that goes out of print, 
um, it's the value goes up and it becomes really sought after. So, um, you know, get your hands on it if you're interested. If you don't, if you end up reselling it in a few years, you probably make a lot of money off it too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, you're right. Either way, they get some good money. So we appreciate all the support that you guys can give. Please just help. I need food. God damn it. I can't just keep getting ramen noodles every fucking I want some more than ramen. Jesus Christ. Chicken. Oh, that actually reminds me. Um, so I, I heard Joe's um, passionate uh, Popeye's chicken where he bought the thing. There was like yeah. day, he had it three days in a row, which was uh, because you got the bonus. like Oh, tw- 21 pieces. Like I said, I mean, 20 pieces. pieces. I got 20 pieces. Like, Jesus Christ, yeah. I had three days worth of food I, and only paid for one day. <laughs> obviously, we don't we don't have Popeye's chicken over here, but I've only I've, I've had it, obviously, every time I've been to America. But the first time was in New York. Last day of my holiday in New York in 2009, went into a Popeye's chicken. I was like, oh, I've always wanted to go in one of these. It was amazing. And then every yeah. time I la since every year i've been to la i always end up in a popeye's chicken at one time and it's it's yes. so fucking nice it it's is so, see, see? i'm not the only one it's oh, like yeah. it's like a drug it's so goddamn good can i mean you, I, joe 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 can you ship me some popeye's chicken i'm sure it will survive snails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be all molded by the time it comes well, here like i don't give a fuck well, i'm well. still gonna eat that <laughs> yeah just come back to life has a fight out of it because Joe was hungry, so he took a bite. Like, <laughs> 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 you know, it's like, your mind, James. Here you go, heavy. Uh, I, I legit need to reach out and see if Popeyes can just become a sponsor or something. As much as we talk oh. about it on the show, oh my god, that'd be awesome. I'd, <laughs> them at the Dollar Tree. I'd be supporting. I'd have food from Popeyes and Dollar Tree for the rest of my life. That'd be great. That's all I need. So, oh, this was a great episode, guys. And I just, yeah, I did want to say for anybody new to the channel that's here watching right now, because I've seen Simon Naylor had a question about when's the next show. Well, we usually do it at 9 p.m. Eastern time every Sunday night. This one was a little earlier because of James with the time zone difference. But, um, yeah, that's why I always say I'm going to save this little spiel right here. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, and ring that bell. So you can always be notified when we go live because it might not be at Sunday at 9 p.m. might be a different day, just like when me and Nathan did an early episode okay. this week. Definitely. Fans of power. That's right. Represent James. Buy and the until next shirt. Time. Buy the shirt. So powerful. Yes. Buy them. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> James, go get Orco. That's how we finish the show. Oh, go yeah. Go get Orco. There yeah. we go. Let's go off Orco, end it, and then maybe uh, we'll get a question or a trivia from Tyler. Gonna do that. He's gonna do that. He's gonna be doing the whacking off Oracle. Off. <laughs> exactly. He's asking a question. Oracle's over there doing like, what the hell is going on? Daniel's drinking pee over there. Like, I, I can't get that. You know, there we, there we go. Jack. Turn that into a gif where you were. You gotta do the hand motion, James. You gotta do it. And you gotta have Oracle no, no, do no, it. I'm gonna be in shot. No, I'm not in shot. You're in the shot. You're in the Orko's shot. Oracle's in the shot. <laughs> I don't like I don't <laughs> what I hate the most is that my my oh, my face is above is. all of this happening on the on the screen. So it's gonna get there in the eye. Oh my uh, god, this is terrible. Uh, Where did that oracle come from? Is that is that so many things? You got sticky fingers. Oh it's <laughs> oh, a reference to the pirate too. I'm done. I, I don't even know what to do. That's it. See you next time. <laughs> he actually did pretty well. I saw the fa- only the face got jacked up. Oh.